welcome to the Untitled One Piece trading <laughs> card game podcast episode that we're releasing on the Masters of Modern slash the MMCast YouTube channel. I'm your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Luke. Uh, you are you are welcome. Uh, introduce introduce yourselves to the people at large. Hey guys, my name is Luke, Luke Avellana. I am a uh, One Piece player predominantly. Um, I've been playing since uh, super pre-release back in... Um, what is that October something like that last year um I, I think maybe more like August something like that anyway um I've been playing one piece since it's a uh, super alpha um week one day one um and I'm super accustomed with a lot of other TCGs as well so yeah so so yeah so for those who are joining for the first time can you must be because this is kind of the first time this will exist we're, we're debating on starting a one piece podcast and this is the pilot episode and um what we want to do here is explain what the One Piece CCG is. If you know me uh, or you follow me on all of the different social media platforms that exist, I am very obviously a massive One Piece fan and I'm super excited about just the property in general uh, and have been playing a lot of the TCG recently. And Luke, uh, we work together. We're talking about, uh, you know, recording kind of an intro because right now there's not a lot of great uh, One Piece content. And the first thing we wanted to do is kind of just more of like a, what is the card game? How does it play? How does it differ from something like Magic? Um, which I think just for this uh, YouTube channel is going to be a helpful touch point. Uh, and so go through kind of what the card game is. And yeah, as far as my accolades, what's what's kind of nice is I've I've I'm an av- been an avid collector since that one. Mm-hmm. I got to play at Gen Con launch. So I was one of the first people to play it uh, in the U.S., um at least and it's a very fun game it plays uh somewhat similar to magic and excited to kind of kind of explain what the rules differences are and how it plays out um as kind of a starting touch point and then we're the plan is to go over each of the different colors mm-hmm. um so there's six colors in the game and kind of how the rollout has gone uh if you have been paying attention to tcg circles at all this last <laughs> weekend they just had this big tournament uh it didn't go as well as as they'd hoped from a to perspective which i, I also want to uh, luke does a lot of to organization mm-hmm. in uh southern california so uh, another accolade um <laughs> and it was kind of a fascinating moment where it's like oh okay bandai's been paying attention to this game really hard this is the year of one piece so interesting time to kind of jump in and talk about it. Uh, and for, for those who don't know even beyond that, what One Piece is, One Piece is an anime. Uh, it is uh, the, uh, I believe, the most sold piece of uh, fiction ever by one writer. Yeah. Uh, there are a thousand and seventy odd chapters. Um, it has sold more copies, uh, more more books than Harry Potter has worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has sold more comic book issues than any comic book character other than Superman. I believe Superman is currently the only one that beat it. Beat Batman, I think, five years ago. That's kind of crazy. That Superman sold there. <laughs> episodes, yeah, it has a thousand plus episodes of the anime, and uh, is about a guy who just wants to become king of the pirates uh, and the crew that he finds along the way, and the shady world government slash uh, other shady pirates that they have to defeat along the way as well. Yeah, I think that's a, the best way you can summarize that, really. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Netflix live action that came mm-hmm. out. And so then Bandai, uh, who in a series of different license based trading card games, came up with the One Piece game around two years ago now. Mm-hmm. I think Gen Con 2022 was when they did the first preview for it. The first set launched end of 2022. And then we are now at set five in the U.S. and set six in Japan is launched. And that's that's kind of yeah. the first thing to talk about yeah. as far as differences between something like the One Piece CCG versus the Magic or Pokemon. Or actually, Pokemon is exactly this way. But Magic mm-hmm. uh, is, is very different where 
sets will release in Japan, and then three months later, they get released in the United States. So fascinating features of that is that the metagame, I already know what the the deck metagame is going to look like in three months. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, that changes over time, and technology in the same way that Magic does gets figured out, and a new deck gets good, or the metagame becomes all one style deck, and so then different decks get better. But then... Uh, I also like from a finance perspective, <laughs> like I know like cards will spike now that mm. are not playable for three months or cards will start going down in price because they know they're like, oh, the red green law decks aren't good in set six. Mm-hmm. So unless you have the cards already, no one's going to buy them anymore because they're going to get worse, uh, which has an interesting facet on kind of collecting. But uh, I want to get and maybe why don't you you start like how do you yeah, yeah. play this game? How is what what is like the basis for how to play? Yeah, yeah. Let me let me see if I can go into my Judge One spiel demo deck spiel. Um, <laughs> so so uh, One Piece is a trading card game in which two captains, uh, you and your opponent, are controlling one leader card. So this plays a lot like um, EDH Commander, um, things like that. I'll try not to tie that in too much, but. Um, yeah, uh, you each control one commander. Every commander has a color. Your deck is now native to that color. So if you have a red leader, say you have Monkey D. Luffy as your leader, he's a red type character. Your deck is then restricted to only red cards. Um, so on and so forth. You gain Dawn as your resource, and you have a life resource that once you hit your opponent's life and break all of it away, um, this could range from numbers anywhere between six to three. Um, with the new, the, with the newest leader being two, which is very interesting. Um, once you chip away all of their life, you go in for one final hit um, to uh, take the game. Um, and the best thing about this game is that during each attack, during each sequence, your opponent has a chance to rebuttal. You have like a chance to either counter out of this or like play an event card to help you boost your characters up, or you can choose characters to block this attack. Um, a lot of this game relies on the back and forth and interactivity of um, players kind of duking it out. It all it actually feels the best way to describe it is like a anime fight in which like two characters are punching each other and you kind of see their fists like going back and forth, back and forth until one just breaks through. So that would be my best analogy for One Piece. Um, and, and, and from like a, a comparison to magic perspective, mm-hmm. it plays it has it, you know. In the evolution of Commander becoming the most popular way to play Magic, and many games have adopted that technology, right? Mm-hmm. So it is it is Commander focused. Each player has a main character that they are playing as that. But in versus Magic, where you have that in Command Zone that you cast it later, uh, in the One Piece game, it starts in play, and also when you uh, are attacking other players, you actually attack characters individually. So similar to Hearthstone. Yeah where you would attack each of the your opponent's characters and they would have blocker characters that could only need to be attacked first before you can attack the other characters. Mm-hmm. But that includes your leader, where just attacking the leader is how you attack a player, not necessarily um, you don't attack a player and then you can block with characters in the way. And so, as we mentioned, so, so, so you have your character that you're attacking or being attacked. They can also attack. So you start with a creature in play at the beginning. Most of those characters have around 5,000 health, which was mentioned before which is like kind of the base number that you have to do damage to mm-hmm. be able to cause a permanent damage and yeah. different than magic, but much more similar to Pokemon. Um, you, you have a set amount of life cards and those are cards at the beginning of the game that are set aside from the top of your deck. 
And when you uh, take damage uh, as a catch-up mechanic, which I believe is the opposite of how Pokemon works, you Mm -hmm. then get those cards. So every damage you take, you draw a card from your prize pool. um, And then when you uh, have none left and then take an additional damage, you lose. So if you and then the leader cards dictate how many of those you have. And classically, uh, if you are one color, you have five prize cards. If you're Mm -hmm. uh, a two color character, you have one less, right? Yes, correct. Four. And and there are different colors and we'll get into the different color mechanics and like Mm -hmm. how uh, they interact with that feature of the game. And and each like like magic, every facet of the game has a color that's best at interacting with it, which Mm -hmm. we'll we'll kind of uh, get into. Um, The other thing is a dawn, which is the other big change. So instead of having uh, a resource mechanic inside the deck, kind of similar to Hearthstone, Mm -hmm. there's a separate stack of resources called dawn. Um, which is the like if you ever watch an anime, it's the onomatopoeia behind people. It's the big punch text <laughs> behind different moments. It's the um, lamb of Dawn, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's what dawn is in, in where, where the word comes from. But in mm-hmm. this, it's it's your mana pool, and um, player one gets one in play at mm-hmm. the start, and player two gets two, and then from every turn from that point onward, you add two. Yeah. Uh, to your dawn pool from your deck eventually you can you know there's only 10 in the deck so once you have 10 in play that's the maximum that you can get uh different classes uh different colors as we mentioned will like interact with that mechanic in in individual ways which is interesting that we Mm -hmm. can get to um but so basically you know the the tempo is like one drops let you play two one drops off of two mana or one drop off of one mana then two drops you get the two mana four two dawn four there's three drops four drops five drops but then depending on which deck you're playing and what characters you're playing like the key moments evolve differently and yes. similar to like if you did yeah um, you have different mana curves and different tempo curves and different things to do on play um the other thing about that is that um you can use dawn to also simultaneously equip uh, like instead of spending dawn to play a character or play an event you can also use it to like equip onto characters that exist on your board and they make your swings like taller or wider um there's a lot of really, really cool, like strategical pivotal moments that you can do with Don as both a spending resource and as like a pumping resource, which is actually one of my favorite things that Bandai done. In magic terms, everything has fire breathing. Like mm-hmm. literally every land has the ability to tap for mana or pump target creature you control for one or a thousand in this game. But a thousand is ostensibly one, one, uh, one power yes one power, um, yeah. and well, one power slash toughness um and so since every creature has fire breathing and all of your land offer the fire breathing ability there's a lot of counterplay on like hey your land is never dead you never flood out necessarily because your leader always exists and you can always put mana into it obviously the more resources one person has the better mm-hmm. um there are other characters that also like you attach on to them to be able to use their abilities so it's different than other kind of things where you would like just tap it and have something happen you literally physically put the dawn underneath it but that Mm -hmm. is different than fire breathing a character with it we call it equipping (laughs) which is (laughs) um so they don't get the power toughness boosts if you equip dawn to a character but you can use them to activate abilities which is more comparable to pokemon and in many ways this game kind of plays like if pokemon and magic and Hearthstone yeah. <laughs> had a had a child. Yes. Um and so because all your characters are fire breathing, because you're able to go through each of these um combat steps, the other side of that is many characters uh when or cards when they're in your hand have um the ability to be pitched for free. You can discard them mm-hmm. to give also power and t- or uh 
toughness booths basically mm -hmm. two characters you control yes. so if i i my lands can make my attack bigger when i'm attacking and then the cards in my hand can be used to do the same kind of effect yes. on the opposite end on the defensive side yes um and strategically that's really really cool because you know um when it's your opponent's turn you have something to do you have something to think about you you can think about also taking life um a lot of people will think of taking life like a lot of first timers when they play this game they'll think of taking life as like a detriment They're like oh no i'm losing the game because of how many life i have in compared to my opponents but a lot of experienced players will be like i can safely take two life and that counts as two card draw actually you know that's adding like more cards in my hand that's more counters in my hand more plays that I can have for the next turn. It's a really, really cool strategic facet of the game that I really, really enjoy. Um, which is like, and it's a lot different than Pokemon because in Pokemon, it's like you are rewarded in that way for taking out opponents. But here, yeah, it's as Alex said, it's a catch up mechanic and it's actually yeah, yeah. so fun. <laughs> so, yeah, the, like it, it offers like two facets. One is like there are really key power and toughness boosting that each player needs to be keeping in mind at all times because you know that in general when people are able to discard a card from their hand it's 1000 or 2000 benefits like it's i don't that i know of there's very few cards that have a bigger boost from a discard effect from your hand there are some spells that do or or events mm -hmm. uh but there aren't uh characters that do and on that on the reverse end that means that when you are pumping your character with your dawn when you're using your mana to do that fire breathing effect on your attack you want to be doing that with in mind that depending on how many cards your opponent has in hand likely they have the ability to just automatically pump 1000 2000 so instead of yes. wasting attack you can pump ahead of time expecting that difference mm -hmm. and i can talk about all the the pumping sweet spots all of those types of sequencing nitty-gritty stuff later on once we get a little bit further along i think i think that's for future for <laughs> yes. future episodes yeah so we did mention card types so mm -hmm. so there are three types of cards there's or four types i guess there's five types of cards that you yes. in, in a pack there's dawn which exists mm -hmm. in your dawn deck there's leaders which you get one of at the start of the game mm -hmm. they're free uh there there are alternate art versions of them that are all worth like a hundred dollars per them but there are the standardized versions that mm -hmm. are like in packs similar to token cards that like just are easy to get your hands on yes uh and then there's uh creatures or characters which Char are yeah. every character that you recognize from the show mm -hmm. multiple of the main characters have like 30 different versions of them in the mm -hmm. game kind of like jace or chandra doing magic mm -hmm. um and they could be leaders and characters in your deck um and they have a library of abilities and definitely one of the first things that wrap my head around when jumping into the game was like trying to keep track of like the five different luffy's that existed <laughs> um and then there's event cards, which yes. are basically instants and sorceries. Uh, for the most part, they're much more reactive. And mm -hmm. instead of like straight up removal uh, for characters or, you know, other different effects that you might expect, they're more often they're just like pump spells that cantrip, <laughs> depending yeah. on what's happening, um, are the best ones are that. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, location cards. Yes, yeah, stage cards. Stage cards, yeah. which I have actually never both played with nor seen a stage <laughs> card. So I'm going to have to, yeah. I'm going to let you kind of explain what they yes, do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So stage cards are, um, ostensibly like, um, a lot of leaders are sub faction locked. So you will have straw hat pirates. You'll have animal kingdom pirates or white beard pirates, something like that. Um, and every single one or almost every single one has a stage card associated with that. Um, and they generally are like, Hey, if you have any, 
if you have an Animal Kingdom Pirates leader, uh, you may tap this stage card and then gain one Dawn Rested. So some of them are for ramp, some of them are for um, character pumping. Um, there is well, there is one stage card that was so busted that it is permanently banned from play. Um, it is for um, Whitebeard Pirates. It plus 2,000s your entire field. Every Whitebeard Pirate that you have, including your leader, gains plus 2,000. And it's uh, um, really, really, really difficult to deal with. So, you know, they just outright banned it. Well, makes sense. Um, but... The thing about stage cards is that they are uh, <laughs> there is no way to interact or remove them. Really, there's only one card that does it, and it's not a good card. So we don't think about it that much. Um, and the only stage cards that are actually worth playing because stage cards don't have the anatomy of other cards where you can ditch them for plus one thousand counter or plus two thousand counter. They usually are dead draws in your hand if you have more than one, and you can only. It's really only beneficial to play one stage card given any game. Um, so yeah, um, in short, we don't talk about them unless you're animal kingdom pirates and you, sure, you need yeah, to play yeah. Onigashima, right? You, there's only one that really uses it, but yeah. Yeah. So, so, so it's an interesting situation where they aren't good enough where they're common and because they're not good enough where they're common, the different ways they interact with them, which is limited anyways, is not very good to play at mm-hmm. the moment. And then on top of that, if they do get too good because of that secondary feature where th- you don't have ways to interact with them that are very profitable in the format, you then can't get rid of it, which means it's banned. Yeah. <laughs> is yep. the, is the circle of life for that. Um, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be interesting if they ever become more of a feature of the game. Cause I do think they're an interesting design space. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, even up to the point of like giving one an ability to discard it for counter purposes, which is the the discarding card to pump one of your characters yeah. or having a reason to have multiple in a play at the same time. Um, yeah. But there's there's definitely design space they haven't typed into very well there that it is interesting to see where they would go in the long run. Yeah. Um, so those are the main five types of cards in the game. I don't think I missed any. I think I want to touch on one part of the card anatomy yeah. that I think we forgot about. Um, in in life, um, well, some certain cards will have a th- uh, oh, an yeah. ability called trigger. Um, trigger means if you pull it from life, you are able to instantly use the trigger effect for that card. Um, there is a card color that will let you play. Like if it is a character with trigger, it will be like, hey, you can play this card if you discard one card from your hand, um, which is generally good. Um, because that means on the backswing, you're able to um, you you have like plus one character on your board to like swing back with. So it's really 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 fun mechanic. Uh, people would argue that it's not a fun mechanic. Um, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> no, I mean I think I think that's like a good yeah that that's it's not a card necessarily, but it's a special ability kind of like the counter ability. So mm-hmm. like if, if in some ways in the way that like in Magic or Sorceries an instance, this format has the five main card types and then very special divisions of like characters where there's blocker characters, regular characters, and then characters with counter. And all three of those are like very defining features of those cards that drastically change like what type of card that is and how it plays within the game. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, there's this event mechanic, which characters and, um, so events can have the trigger ability where that if you take damage, you then, you know, get a free effect when revealing it from your 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 damage deck, your prize pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are decks that are just built around manipulating that the 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 both blue and yellow 
do things in blue does it or yellow does it on purpose and then blue is a very specific deck uh that is taking advantage of it i think two different characters kind of take advantage of it Mm -hmm. um that will will touch back when we get into colors which is is going to be our next and next thing so we've talked about combat um which i guess the last thing is you do attack characters individually but you can only attack so blocker characters have to be attacked directly always right and they can be attacked when they're untapped or uh, activated Actually, the, um, blocker characters are actually, they don't get to choose to be. It's basically um, the battle anatomy, right? Is that um, if a card is rested, if a character card is rested, which means tapped, right? It, the, a card taps by either their effects or they've swung the previous turn, anything like that. Um, that character is now open for any sort of attack coming in. So you can attack that character as many times as you want to, or as many times as an attack will go, like get countered or what have you. Right. And, 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 and on that attacking happens, not synchronously. There's no mm-hmm. attack step. Yes. Each character you attack with one character and then you can do a bunch of stuff and then you mm-hmm. can attack with the next character and then you yes. can do a bunch of stuff and then you can attack with the other character. Or you can just be like, I attack with this character. I attack with the next one. I attack with the next one. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no like moment that all of the attacking and blocking. happens. Yes. It's a huge nebulous main phase, which is yeah. um good and bad. I actually, I don't think there's ever been any cons for that, that like, I mean, there's only been cons for it being a giant main phase in terms of like proper sequencing. And again, that's nitty gritty, like technical stuff. I think the big, not con there, but the big difference is that blocking has to be done with intention and Mm -hmm. cards specifically meant to do that defensive play. Not that you're not playing with those cards, but Mm -hmm. you don't, we can get in that in a second, but yeah, you don't, you, you, you have to play card. You have to discard cards, to block, right? You have to play characters that are meant to be blockers versus, magic where like all your character all your creatures block right yes but that 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 has a little bit different but yeah continue with um yeah so how how blocking works (laughs) yes yeah 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 yeah. so so um you would probably either you would declare an attack with your character against your opponent who would have a blocker and a leader your leader is always um open for attack despite whether or not they've been tapped before um so you would be like, okay, I'm going to swing with my Zoro character. And then they're like, oh, hold on a second. I'm going to block that um, swing with my Trafalgar Law character. And depending on if you beat that power or not. So Zoro has a power of five at 5,000 and um, Trafalgar Law has a power of 6,000. Um, if Trafalgar Law blocks that and you don't exceed his six or match his six, then he stays on board and he's his block is successful. If you match your 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 Zoro that attacked also mm-hmm. stays on board. There's Correct. not there's there, not like doesn't a blowback die. on damage. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The it is, it is now rested and yep. open to being attacked on on your opponent's next turn. Correct. Yeah. Um and then there there are sneaky ways to get around all that. So like yeah that's how blockers activate and function. Um and, and once- so a blocker needs to uh does a blocker need to rest itself to force a block or correct yes once once a once you've declared a blocker you then have to rest or tap the card um and then even if if it's like uh law is is the blocker and Mm -hmm. they're being attacked by zoro and they rest to block now zoro does their damage bounces off but if you had Mm -hmm. a second zoro the zoro can can now just hit hit the hit the character well, it can hit. It can hit the loof or the loop. I'm gonna say the leader. Is the yes, leader, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Whoever the leader is, yeah. it can hit the leader card, and because yep. the blocker is now resting, can't get in the way. Mm-hmm. They can also attack. 
the now tapped blocker because once a card is rested, it opens itself up to be attacked directly the same way as a leader. Exactly. Uh, now, I believe this is not this is how it works. Mm-hmm. If I say attack with my Zora, who's a 5,000 mm-hmm. against your blocker law, who's a 6,000 and you you rest it and I attack it mm-hmm. and then I have a second Zoro and I attack your blocker law, my 5,000 doesn't combine with the previous 5,000 that was used to attack to create like a 10,000 total damage dealt to. There's no damage yeah. that lasts on the character. Correct. If yeah. I can't still do 6,000, I just bump into it. Now, yep. it's rested. I have my Zoro. I'm attacking. I can use my Dawn to pump my Zoro now to be 6,000 to exactly. then do enough damage to kill the law that's been rested or go over it. Yes. Um, but or you your have opponent could rebuttal that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and yeah then, you, you have yeah. to do, you have to do that before you attack as well. Mm-hmm. So you can't you can't like attack blocker law decides the block and then you spend dawn to fire breathe. Yeah. You have to decide you're putting the dawn the pumping ability onto yes. the character before attacking. It's a lot like equipping artifacts, I believe. Um I think lightning greens uh, is a zero equip, right? Like <laughs> it's it's closest to just your lands have tap yeah. target creature gets plus one plus one. Tap target creature gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. You can only activate this as a sorcery. Yeah, yeah, is basically what it is. <laughs> so, somewhat in 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 One Piece, we have to actually physically put the dawn underneath. So I mean, like we denote that it is like spent in well, a way that there is- are characters that care about because the dawn stays underneath your character until your next turn. There are characters that mm-hmm. care about how much dawn has been is attached underneath to it. them. Yes, uh, separate from if you attach dawn to activate an ability. Yes, correct. Uh, Eustace Kid um, is one of these characters, <laughs> so which is a fun, which which I would say uh, is a complaint I have with this game. I don't think <laughs> <laughs> I think that any version of Don being under a character should be the same thing versus the fact that it technically functions in two different ways. Mm. Yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, I guess. So, okay. I'll... So 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 you've now tapped your blocker. Yeah. I've attacked your blocker with my second Zoro. I pumped mm. it with my Don, and I've now made it big enough to kill that Zoro. Or that 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 Trafalgar law. law blocker. Yes. Um. I now have a third character who could then go and attack your leader. Yes. I don't have enough Dawn, so I'm not going to pump it. It's a it's a third Zoro. I just have all of the Zoros mm-hmm. in the world. Uh. Well, you technically you can only have up to five characters in play on in addition to your leader, but yes. that, that I still haven't ran out of spots. Yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> my Zoro is attacking, and at that point, your leader is a five thousand. Yes. Uh, toughness. I'm my wide Zoro open. is a five thousand power. Yeah. You have no cards in hand because yep. I'm just making that roll up. And now I've done a damage. And so then you draw a card. And, and then that I is... draw a life. Yeah, I draw a life. Um, it, and maybe it's a trigger card. Maybe it's not a trigger card. Maybe, um, you know, maybe it just goes that in is, my hand. That is, <laughs> that is the role. Like, or the, the, the option is you do have cards in your hand and mm-hmm. you play, you you discard a counter. So my third Zoro still does not do damage to yes. you. And then even if I have a fourth Zoro and I attack, that process starts over. The The damage mm-hmm. doesn't build up once again, on, even on the leader card. Yes, correct. So that's that's like the 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 guts of combat um, for the most part. The other thing is card advantage I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. and how it's pretty li- – card advantage and creature removal are both very specifically limited in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, most removal in the format is Necrotals or uh, Flame Tongue Kavus for Magic players, but just basically creature – enters the battlefield and then does and then kills another creature that fits the criteria. Most often mm-hmm. it's uh, has a converted mana cost or converted. What I don't I don't actually don't know what it's called. In- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's Don Don mana cost. value. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Don cost less than or equal to or whatever a specific number. So it'll be like mm-hmm. this is a five drop. 
uh, character comes into play and then uh, destroys any other character that has a three uh, dawn cost or below. Mm-hmm. And then that's a removal spell or it's anything with a, uh, a toughness boost of a thousand or, yes. you know, it's, it's very specifically focused on that. Um, there's very few spells that are just like destroy target character from yeah. your hands that, that costs some amount. Um, the, the other side is card advantage, which most of the card advantage of the game uh, is, cantrip based um or engine based there are uh, a few one of the more powerful cards is a card called bonnie um she taps to then reveal the top five cards of your library and you put a supernova character like a creature type based character almost all of these types of cards are um uh kindred typal based so you're looking for you know uh nami which is one of the better cards in the form in the game is a one drop uh that looks at the top one drop 2000 character that looks at the top five cards elaborate and you put a straw, straw hat hats, yep. from your deck into your hand and there's just it ends up there's a lot of straw yeah. hats in this game almost a popular group yeah. of people <laughs> <laughs> almost every single um subtitle has a searcher for that um type so it, that seems to be a big part of this game is um searching for the i mean and this is like something that it shares in common with pokemon um, where it becomes kind of like a game of solitaire where you kind of try to search out your pieces and then try. But unlike Pokemon, um, you can't just slam all your pieces down and be like, okay, cool. And now I wait for my killing blow, right? Um, th- at this time, like you have to like actually set it up. You have to plan it like strategically. Like, okay, if I do this, this character goes out. Um, he might he might counter me. He might not counter me. Like, um, And if that happens then my my threads all of a sudden spread into four different types of threads which is an, a, a really fun part of this game really um well, like like to, to explain card to give an understanding of how a much of a drought card advantage was in this format one of the best cards printed in set three the third set ever was divination <laughs> <laughs> which is three dawn draw two cards <laughs> um and yeah. on top of that, they're like one of the one of the better decks, consistent performing decks in the format is uh, and it has kind of merfolk vibes to some extent in in, in magic is Nami, who yeah. is a for magic players, a Thassozork or a laboratory maniac is your leader. When your deck runs out of cards, instead of losing the game, you win the game. And the deck is almost entirely effect cards that are just like your character gets plus 2000 draw a card. Yep. or draw two cards and it's it's not it's not because pump the pumping matters it's because the only good spells that draw cards are pump spells yeah yes yeah <laughs> yeah like like the deck would be playing you know draw four draw three if that existed but like literally there's like five mana spells you're playing that like just do plus 200 yeah. or 2000 and you can't trip it's and funny you're that you bring up nami actually because there's actually a card that is in my face right now it is a character mm-hmm. card her name is kaya she's a one drop um 2000k uh blocker on play draw two cards and then trash two cards and yeah. it's literally just Bonkers. tutoring yourself Bonkers. yeah yeah but yeah <laughs> and, and 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 that is that is that is a like classic like that card would be very good at magic right mm-hmm. if there was a one mana zero three that when it enter the battlefield you do two cards and discard two cards it would see play in every format in magic and would maybe be banned in a few of them yeah. like the the one man to do that so like that that makes sense to me why that card is good. yeah you yeah. run it as a four of and then but the fun thing about nami is that like a nami player um 
like you have to run so many games with that character just to be able to play your your own like mind game solitaire like right because it's so much of it is card counting and making sure that you draw this thing you have cards that set up your next five cards and you're like okay my next five turns look like this um based off of whatever else i get from my life so you know that that type of like um play even though like nami is bonkers in terms of like cards draw and like in terms of like being able to defend herself and stay alive because that's her only means of offense is to play her own game right so um and and like and she's a character that like wants to take damage because a lot of her life cards are her best card draw spells Mm -hmm. is is there like she has her best card draw in her damage pool and needs to get punched in the face to be able to (laughs) use those to draw cards to get through more of the deck the the other i mean this is more specifically on this deck we we probably want to start doing episodes like on individual things but to your point one of the reasons i think this deck isn't a better a more tournament successful deck is more due to the difficulty of playing yes than it is due to it not being as good as some of the other decks that do more consistently mm-hmm. well uh which and on I top think of that is, it's just like the statistical like the actual numbers of you being able to play this deck that like correctly for eight rounds is statistically against you as yeah, well, so, and, well and, and so like the, you're not allowed to take notes in tournament play is my understanding and correct. so people I will <laughs> like set their dawn deck down in a way that allows them to like remember what order of cards they've put because there are cards that will let you put cards on the bottom of your deck mm-hmm. and because you are going to draw into the bottom of your deck uh, as part of the game plan, knowing the order of cards you've placed cards on the bottom of your deck is super relevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you have to keep track of that. And that does get us in a little bit actually to deck construction, which I do want to get into. So, yes. um, so, so let's talk so, about colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so the first step is you need to pick a leader. Uh, yep. That leader is a bunch of some of the most iconic characters in the game. They often have uh, synergies built in them. They have abilities on them. Uh, One we mentioned was Nami. She's mono blue. She's only blue, uh, which means that you can only have blue cards in your deck. Mm -hmm. Um, She and then has like unique ability that you want to build around. They like in magic are like commanders where you have that kind of color focus as well as character focus and ability focus that kind of dictate how your deck is going to play. Mm -hmm. There are some that are just generically good and there you're just playing them because they're the best thing to be able to combine those two colors. There is not that many good blue yellow uh leaders at the moment so you just are probably <laughs> playing with queen if yeah. you want to play with that um versus red where there are 17 different options for single color <laughs> ones and so you are very specifically picking a character based on the abilities they have and the interaction they have with the cards you have and that interaction with the metagame yeah and unlike magic where you know like when you when you think of like a color you think of immediately like oh red is like aggro or like you know burning or anything like that um it, it red, the red color archetype in our game in one piece um feels more like okay this is just a type and these are cards that could be doing xyz um that fit their type of like color typing but it really all revolves around the leader because the leader will dictate your style of play for instance zoro um if you attach one dawn onto him every character on your field goes up to plus 1000 on your turn Meaning you're going to go, oh, I'm going to play a bunch of white, like basically white weenies. You play a bunch of rush weenies and then you swing for a lot of small hits. Yeah. Um, uh, You you swing for like a lot of small hits and then um, hopefully you you pick at their life, you pick at their hand. And then by the end game, you go, okay, and now I'm going to swing tall. As opposed to Whitebeard, who is like, I am swinging tall. I am a 6,000 power leader. The only one of my class, or actually uh, one of two of my class. 
um, with six life, I take one life at the end of every single, like at the end of um, my turn, I take one life and put it into my hand. Um, because in the anime, he's a debil- like he's a sickly old guy who's slowly dying. So he is, he is, he, this is his last battle. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, and his his entire thing is like I must wall myself up. I have to have defensive, but I am also swinging very very hard, and may, I may not have as many rush weenies as all the other red decks, but we're gonna hit you hard. But, so, but but to that point, and 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 you know, red does. Uh, I would almost say of almost all of the colors, red feels the most like Magic's analogous color, where mm-hmm. it is about like it is about attacking. It is the the attacking you're doing is fast. The, it's about kind of lowering your resource build in the future to try and end the game quicker at this exact moment other colors kind of have some analogous combos that we'll get into mm-hmm. or there'll be something like they won't have any but red does have the most red feeling now one thing yes. i will say in the color conversation in general is that colors don't have the same personality mm-hmm. test vibes that magic does like you are not a red purple like a character isn't a red purple character, right? They're 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 Luffy has sh- literally shown up, I believe, at this point as a leader in as a model black leader, mm-hmm. as a red purple leader, mm-hmm. as a purple leader, as yep. a red leader, yep. as a green red leader, yep. and as a is there a blue Luffy leader? There is no. a blue Luffy leader. Yes, it is there a special is a promo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Luffy has so they're, every they're, type except for I believe green, yellow, straight green. He has a yellow. Oh, straight it's coming green. out. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah um, okay. There's a yellow coming out. There is a, there is a there's no sh- mono green Luffy. Yep. And obviously Luffy's the main character, so he's going to spread out. But there are multiple characters that have like multiple positions. There's a yellow black big mom, and there's a mm-hmm. mono yellow big mom. There's um there's yeah nami will show up in a ton of red cards but then there's the her leader card is mono blue (laughs) some of it is 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 built on personality where the mono blue nami is supposed to represent her like first arc saga Mm -hmm. nami versus the red ones which are more future nami cards where she becomes like a weather wizard that can shoot lightning at people but (laughs) like there is a little bit of that where it is meant to show different moments from the show that these characters are interacting with but for the most part, colors are much more about mechanical identity and like what they're trying to do mm-hmm. and less about the flavor and the philosophy of that color. Red isn't about fire magic. Now, the one fire bat. Yeah, one the one fire guy. Fire character, <laughs> the, the two fire guys in the show are both <laughs> red, except for except for the there's the lava guy who's blue black. Yeah, so. black. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's more about like, and ostensibly which characters are which colors are more about like that set has a theme for that color mm-hmm. from a story perspective, and then they'll show up there. So, so it you know if the set in that set has purple is the Beast Pirates, the Kaido and the Beast Pirates are going to show up in purple. But then in the next set, black is showing like the prison characters, and Luffy is one of the prison characters, so he's mm-hmm. going to show up in black there, and then. Yeah. You, so it definitely does like rotate depending yeah. on what store, what arc they're covering within that. W- set. Which I feel um, like they do it so successfully in this game is that like um, they have arcs and these stories and basically the deck that you're playing is trying to tell you that story. Like um, like I said, like with Whitebeard, his entire character is that he's like slowly dying, but he's the strongest pirate that is known in that generation. So like his entire thing is that he's dying, he's dying, he's dying, he's dying. But then at his final moment, 
like when he hits one life he and, and when he hits one life ideally you're at a 10 don play so you can play your strongest card for that subtitle which is whitebeard himself again and then his effect is like you stop taking life like damage from your own uh card effects and um and then your character is plus 2000 until the end of the night your next turn so and th- and that's been and that's been one of the really interesting things to watch as this card game has kind of been birthed from scratch re- in the last year and a half in mm-hmm. how they've rolled out colors and how those colors have functioned because one of the most interesting things about OP5 which is the most recent set one piece set 5 mm-hmm. is it's the first set that has come out that wasn't introducing a color because in the first set that was released two of the colors were missing there are six colors there's mm-hmm. green purple black blue Uh, yellow and red and in the first set there was no yellow and black it was just green purple blue red that's what the first base starter decks were based out of that's what the the packs were made out of and then the next set that came out introduced black cards for the first time so then now you had five colors and then the third set opo3 added yellow and then that was focused on the big mom pirate so then the Mm -hmm. first three sets added a color as they were going yeah so op4 and op5 i guess it was right op4 did this too yeah are the first two sets that really started like building on color combos that existed in the past as new archetype like yeah. there is there you're now it's no longer it's no longer like block constructed right like it, in in the first set black red or blue red green and purple all kind of got their identity they got a deck and the deck was basically like out of the can this is the deck you're supposed to build here are the leader cards each of these leader cards literally have the set is made out of cards we expect you to play for with these characters. That that's why that's what every card in the set is built to be built for one of these decks. Mm-hmm. The next set was added. Here's a bunch of black. Here's enough black cards to do that for black. There's two characters, <laughs> and here's like the decks are already built for you. It's like if you want to just build, if you bought Rivals of Ixalan or not Rivals of Ixalan, if you bought Lost Caverns of Ixalan and you just wanted to build a deck out of only cards from that set, and you were playing like block constructed but just one standard set. You're basically playing the limited archetypes, but with like more rare. (laughs) And that's kind of what the set rolled out. But then over the last two sets, the metagame has really evolved because a you're no longer spending 30 percent of a set just injecting a new color. Right. Like when when OPO three and OPO four came out and OPO two came out, it was about introducing black, yellow and then supplementable colors for black and yellow. So black and yellow could catch up to the other four colors. Um opo5 was the first one where it's like here's stuff for everyone and here's a bunch of new cool things that characters are doing and here's a new way to look at it yeah uh, which has been an interesting and every set that comes out kind of has that same evolution it's like yes. okay now the you're no longer building decks out of just the most recent set and the cards that are built for it you're taking an amalgamation and, that, and that's also something that i think like metagame wise is going to evolve over yeah. time as you yeah. watch it which is like which we're about you know, to, we're actually seeing it right now in set five is like, um, you know, um, every single set has been doing this really, really cool thing for players who are like, I have never played OP01. I don't have any of the cards from OP01, but I would love to get into One Piece. Um, let me get into, if, if you can find it. Anyway, <laughs> I would love to get into One Piece. Um, how do I get in here? And it's like, oh, I drew NL. I have this leader, this NL leader, right? And he has the Sky Warriors um, archetype. Um, and every other card that is yellow for that deck actually exists. So you could actually just, you know, like take all of the sky leaders and then you put them into that, um, that, that deck and it plays just as is. And then if you wanted to iterate, you take all the cards from set three and then you're like, okay, I jam it in here and it works. 
Um, so I think that's also something like really, really clever and like cool and um, really yeah, they, welcoming. They've been, building, they've been building the colors to be pretty versatile amongst mm-hmm. themselves. And, and because of that, it does mean like as we get more characters, more leaders, more cards printed, and even like looking back at old leaders, there's going to be tools and pieces and setups that differentiate how those decks are played that people aren't thinking of yet. Right. And then, then that can kind of build off of each other in really interesting ways. I do want to get because we're, we're at now uh, oh, yeah. 45 minutes into. Yeah, I do want to get through the other colors. colors so yeah. We talked about red. Uh, let's <laughs> let's go to the next one. Uh, green. What is green about in the one yes. piece uh, green, TCG? Green is all about resting characters, tapping down other characters, and then setting up big blockers. Um, and yeah, bas- that's basically what they do. Um, a lot of them is also unresting your own characters so that you could have um, more swings than the prescribed six that you're able to do. Yeah, I think that's them in a nutshell um right. some so sometimes for, for they'll instance, like be able to call each other out and things like that yeah. but what well, one of the best decks from the very beginning and one of the decks that I, I played from the beginning and ironically that and nami were my first two decks and they're both considered two of the more complicated decks to play in the game, <laughs> uh which has been a nice onboarding process mm-hmm. is a uh, red green law and red green yes. law has the ability of if you have five characters in play you may tap Don and hit and to return one of the characters in play to your hand and then play a character of a certain mana value or less and put it into play. And and the way he does that is he uses tappers and untappers to reuse that ability to use those characters to draw cards, to tap a character, to draw cards, return that character to your hand, play another character down of the other color to then trigger to draw cards. So it's like it has birthing pod red green red black scam in modern esque mm-hmm. play patterns where you're like searching for characters you're building a value engine you're out valuing your opponent yeah. it has one of the few like consistent card draw engines in the game it is the um, most complicated deck <laughs> i would yeah but uh, like literally at every moment you have 17 different lines of play you can go through because all of your things are like oh i can tap and return three cards into my hand to tutor for four cards that then I can play those cards. Half of them have haste, so then I can attack this turn with them to then return them, yep. put it back into play, attack again. <laughs> yep, and then you would and that doesn't even... return all of those back to your hand, and then you would set up another wall, and then, yeah. and then repeat so, the process. So. so so green is, yeah, very much about like ETB tapping and untapping, yeah. uh, resting and unresting characters. All a right. lot so of ETB next, in this game. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, next is uh, purple. Purple. Purple is all about ramping. You want to outvalue your opponent using Dawn. Um, a lot of them then also go on to use that Dawn as a Dawn minus mechanic. It is the only color in the game to uh, have a Dawn minus mechanic. Um, but the Dawn minus ability will, yes, it will set you back in terms of like resources, but there are other ways to like catch up with that. There will be other cards that are like, hey, if you Dawn minus and I see you Dawn minusing, hey, why don't you go ahead and get another Dawn for free? Um, just to make it so that that effect never happened. And the Don Minus ability will be like, hey, blow up two characters with the cost of uh, five and three or something like that. Or, hey, Don Minus seven, I'm a big guy who comes out, I gain rush or haste. Um, and on top of that, I also blow up a six cost, you know. Um, it's all about ramping high, um, getting to ten Don before your opponent. Uh, a lot of the current um, purple has actually been a color that has been recently worked on. So a lot of the um, top tier decks are purple because they can get to 10 Don basically on turn three. 
Um, which, and to put that in perspective, it would take you around turn five to get the 10 Don, depending if you go first or second. Um, which means you get to drop these huge bodies on board and out, like basically pressure your opponent into like responding to that dead on. Um, yeah, yeah it, it plays, it plays a lot like what you, black green, right? Where, where it's, it's ramping into discard effects, mana denial effects, uh, uh, creature removal on creatures that enter the battlefield. It's like, like it has the black color pie of like, how it messes with your opponents, um, but then has the green, but is doing that in a green way in the sense that all these cards are expensive. And so you're playing with ramp cards mm-hmm. that help you build your mana. And because your deck is kind of the separated guaranteed thing, it also cycles through it. So it, it, it lets you, it's as if it, in many ways, it, yeah, it feels like the get rog basically <laughs> where it's, it's, I'm adding lands from my dawn pool into play and then I can use those lands by sacrificing them to get special effects. But because all of my effects get me more those lands back from my graveyard, which is both my hand and graveyard of, of Dawn, I can kind of cycle through getting that Dawn back every turn for free while also taking advantage of it to play big spells, play 10 drops um, or um, be able to like pay a five drop that then says discard to Dawn to have your opponent discard to Dawn, but because they don't have that ramp effect, that puts them much farther behind. Than yes. Magellan is a hell of a card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um. uh, all right. Next color. Let's talk about, uh, we're just going to continue in the, the land of blue blue. Yeah. So blue is your card vantage, like card vantage engine, um, tutor engine set, look at your top five of your deck, set them up. It is like your most strategic. It's supposed to be your most strategical color. Um, it also so has, it's, it's the same. Yeah. It is also the only color that bounces characters. So you bounce the hand or bounce the bottom of the deck, which is the strongest removal. It is the only um, deck to have a, get rid of any call, uh, get rid of any character um, card. It is the, hey, I am going to send this card, your your 10 cost card. I don't care. I'm going to send that to the bottom of your deck. Um, that type of like shenanigans. Um, a lot of blues like ways of playing are to effectively control opponent board and then um, bounce everything to their hand, bounce everything to the bottom, watch them run out of resources and mana or dawn, and then just go in when you know the time is right. Um so yeah, just like blue in Magic the Gathering. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it it. I mean, as we mentioned, like Nami is a mono blue laboratory maniac leader that plays a bunch of cantrip spells, card draw spells, bounce spells, and characters that when they attack, let you mill yourself um, to win the game through the laboratory maniac mechanic. But the other blue characters are when they combine uh, Crocodile, which is a blue purple card. Mm-hmm. He's uh he also he's like a triggers off of effects like there, that's also where that kind of effect the is it play of anytime you play an effect card get a benefit from it um or return effect cards from your discard back to your hand that's a blue mechanic space um that i believe is pretty much primarily just blue correct mm-hmm. like that's not really something other colors are doing no not really. um and as effect cards get stronger that that will become more of a relevant part of my identity as well yeah. all right the next color black okay so Remember how subtitles can sometimes go into other like colors, like say straw hats can be blue, straw hats can be red, straw hats can, I I think that's it actually. Um, But um, 
black cards are primarily navy cards. They are all navy cards. All the other navy cards are usually black, except for the newest set, they are blue. And the entire identity of black is that, yes, one, they are the navy. Two, um, they are um, the only means of like character removal based off of cost. Um, they also do something where they reduce cost. So um, cost reduction in this game doesn't mean like, oh, I'm going to reduce cost of something in my hand and play it for less. It's actually um, character on board cost 10 cost. Um, I'm going to reduce that cost by four. So then I can use this um, uh, effect that kills cost six characters. So, yeah, it's like a different way to interact with yeah. other cards like anatomy. We mentioned earlier that like a lot of the removal in the game is creature enters the battlefield and then gets rid of something with a mana cost of X or less. And so what black is able to do is kind of like using like a minus two minus two mechanic that black and magic would use to lower those converted mana costs to then be able to use those removal spells in a way that is not how they were like balanced intentionally, right? It lets you mm -hmm. kind of be tricky in how you do it. It also is a card that lets you play out of the graveyard, right? It is the yes. one that lets you kind of do in and stuff out of yes. your discard pile, which is the only one. Like it is the only if one, each yeah. of them gets to play with a specific zone, red is the one playing with the attack zone. Uh, uh, blue is playing with the, t the deck, the library itself. Purple is playing with your land. Black is playing with your discard pile and green is playing with like your characters in play to be mm -hmm. able to use their abilities. Yeah, uh, and, and then yellow, will, which we'll get to is playing with your yeah. life pile. And there will be instances where cards are cards are in different colors can do some of the same. Like Uta is a four cost who can bring a three cost from your graveyard into your hand. Yeah. Um, like they, they can do it, but they're not ever going to be as good as the other color at it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's a, it's like a standard color pie balance. Just what each color does is definitely a different vibe. The the other thing that black is really good at is like using your hand for value, right? Is mm -hmm. it like it lets you scrap cards from your hand for benefits? Yes, correct. Yeah, you could you could uh, a lot of black is like um, they'll let you they'll let you tutor, but then you have to toss out the other two other cards. Um, you can search one and then you will toss the others out into your graveyard. Um, which is sometimes better because you're like, oh, I can play things from discard pile onto field. I yeah, basically that that's all black does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, I mean, and, and it makes sense that they each have like their like area of expertise. And the last one, which is yellow, and and yeah. yellow's big thing is messing with your life mm -hmm. card pile, your yes. your little treasure cards on the side. Yes, life life manipulation is uh, one of my favorite ways to play. Um, I came. I came into this game from Digimon, which was um, the pre precursor to One Piece. They work with a lot of the same systems. And life secure. it was called security manipulation in this one. Here it's life manipulation. Um, a lot of cards are like, hey, um, go ahead and take a look at your life card on the top. And you can place it on the top or you can keep it on the bottom. Um, a lot of your cards are triggers that, that will allow you to play that character from life. So the idea is that you set up your own life in a way that uh, produces all these trigger effects. Or you get lucky and they have a bunch of trigger effects in there already, and then you um, you fight your opponent in an uninteractive way, kind of the same way with black, how it's uninteracted to manipulate your own um, costs of characters. Uh, life is a way that you it's it's hard to play around. Um, a lot of players will always think of like, oh, I have to play around a person's life in case there are triggers in there, but it, the triggers are face down and unknown to both like players until you play yellow. Um, in which case now all of a sudden you're being tricky about it. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of division in the community about this, um, color. Um, but there are, there is data to say that like 
um, even though this is a strong thing, it's not the best thing, right? Um, which is, I feel like everybody's trading card game discourse can boil right. down to that. So yeah, but yes, all it's all about life manipulation. There will be cards that are like, hey, um, I can choose to, I will make my opponent choose this. You can trash your own life or you can give me one life and I can heal one life, um, which is um, an effect native to yellow which is that they can heal their own um, life and abilities. Yeah. I, I think they're the only one that has the ability to heal really. Yes. Or as a major mechanic. And yeah. So, so it, weirdly they're, they're yellow black in, in magic terms, right? They're, they're, they're manipulating their life total. Now it's yellow black with a side of blue in the sense that like your life total is a card draw engine. And one of the few consistent sources of card advantage in the game, uh, while also allowing you to drain your opponent. So then, you know, in a way that gives them some kind of card advantage, but then letting you draw cards off of what they're doing um, or or use that to kill them, right? You're you're mm -hmm. manipulating your life total while you're lowering their life total as the game goes on. Um, while, while that's happening, still playing a regular game, right? Your characters are still ending play. They're still able to attack their life mm -hmm. total. You're still pressuring them from both ends. Um, but that that definitely is the main space that they're interacting with the yeah. mechanics of the game. And then you start combining these all these different types and what they do together and that's when you get your dual color leaders and that the way we balance out dual color leaders in this game is um normal monocolor leaders will have five life dual color leaders will start with one less life they will have four um and that is the yeah, unless unless lines. there's something special right like because like mm -hmm. bb has five life but she yes, can't attack, but she can't attack right? yes and rebecca yeah. has the same idea um which are very interesting things because you're always down one attacker um off of your opponent these are really, really fun, like strategical things to think about that may set you apart, but give you advantages in other spaces. Um, because yeah, I think, I think for that. like the plan for future episodes of this podcast, it, be it monthly or whatever that we end up doing <laughs> it, uh, is is to like do some deck dives, right? We'll, mm -hmm. we'll we'll start talking about individual characters, and we'll have guests on. I'm gonna eventually convince Krim uh to jump on this podcast <laughs> to talk about Takazuki or Zell talking about. Yeah. Um, I think he was playing. Katakuri question mark at the mm -hmm. event last weekend and he made day two. Uh, nice, um, let's go. Yeah, he he we went to see X2. It. Like he only he the only reason he didn't oh. make top the top cut is because of the they removed the final round. He was like in line and then it, it became it became a lock as long as he won his mm -hmm. next match to a 50-50 coin flip that he just lost the coin flip on. Oh, do I know that? Don't I know that? <laughs> um, <laughs> on that note, um, have you read the scans for this week? I have actually. Okay, um, cool. All right, so, crazy. So, so <laughs> the, the yeah, yeah. So, so the way I want this podcast to work is that so now we're we are we are done with the TCG section of the podcast. So if yeah. you like this, please hit that like and subscribe button. Please share with your friends. It's something new that we're trying. If you have friends who like this game or have thought about wanting to get into the One Piece TCG, please share this video with them. Um, if you're buying cards or you want to buy these, uh, we have a TCG uh, player affiliate link down below. So please use that affiliate link to be able to find those cards. Uh, and we obviously have a patron that you can go to as well to make it helps pay the editor. Um, all that money literally just goes to the editing team. Um, and and doesn't and then money out of my own pocket. <laughs> so definitely appreciated. Uh, but um, the way we want to do, I want this work is is the first section of it and the majority of it be talking about um the card game itself mm -hmm. uh but then the last 20 minutes just talking about whatever the chapter that came out that week so this is uh mm -hmm. this is chapter oh my god 1066 something like I that what it is it open on my phone i had it open on my phone 1106 chapter 1106, 1106. Chapter 1106. Yeah. by the time this podcast episode comes out i believe actually 
we might be a week behind because we have our two sets, Mur- Murders at Karlov Manor uh, set review coming out this weekend, next week. So mm-hmm. I think we'll be already at 107. So this will be a little bit dated yeah. by the time this comes out. Or maybe next this comes week out is this hiatus Friday. week. So is there a hiatus next week? Yeah, hiatus next week. So maybe it'll be. Yeah, okay. It'll so be fine. Fine. This is this is still relevant. <laughs> We're speculating for a long time. Let's go. Ugh, another break. Uh, <laughs> all right. So so 1106, if you haven't read the chapter, uh, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button and come back next week or when we talk about Spoiler more One Piece TCG, yeah. hit that subscribe. But spoilers for sure, especially if you're an anime only. Mm-hmm. Um, so so uh, a lot of shit oh, went down. Oh, man, mean, I'm so hyped. <laughs> How, how is Oda just one-upping himself consistently every week, on and on? It's, it's so his crazy. Has been wild. Yeah. I, okay. So who? Okay. So here's my question for you: Who did who did you think was going to show up? And this is going to like I, I, we don't have any proof of me calling it. I actually thought it was going to be the Giants. I think my number one pick okay. was Giants. I thought it was maybe going to be Saul mm-hmm. over over uh, Dory, Dory and Brogy, but I mm-hmm. definitely wasn't like convinced which giant it was going to be. I didn't think mm-hmm. it was going to be the Straw Hat Grand Fleet because they, this isn't their moment. This yes, doesn't yes. feel like they don't feel like the correct escalation of what's going on yeah. here. And, and they're not really relevant to the story of what's going on. I didn't think everyone who's like, it's the revolutionary army is like the timing doesn't make sense. Like yeah. little, the Agreed. only one, if, if one of them has a teleport ability, we didn't know about that uh, beyond <laughs> Kuma's teleport ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, then maybe, but there is no way the timing made sense. They're all the way on the other side of the um, paradise. Uh, there's no way like Blackbeard didn't make sense to me because they already shown that Blackbeard's like there already. And it yeah. would be weird for it to be a follow up there. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't make sense for it to be law. Cause like law is like injured riding Beppo yeah. and even Beppo and Sulong form. I don't think can take on the boats. No. Um, it, there was like a chance in my head I don't think it was going to be Shanks. I think Shanks is boring, but I think this is Shanks. This is the version of Shanks, yes, right? Yes, that, yes. That, that's kind of what got sense, me here. Yeah. Right? I was like, it's none of these things. I think the only other idea I had it could be is like maybe it's Katakuri and or like the Big Mom Pirates because mm-hmm. they like seeking revenge or something for pudding yeah. and pudding could be on the oh, Blackbeard ship that we saw earlier, right? Oh, like there is a little bit yeah, of that yeah, possibility, yeah. but I was like, I think it's going to be. Like they set up Saul earlier in the in the the arc, mm-hmm. they feel like the right escalation of what's going on. Uh, it's still hype though. Like the fact the, the boys are back. <laughs> it's hype. It's hype. I, I had a bunch of friends who were speculating that it was going to be Gein actually, and the um, they said that it was going to be Gein um and the rest of the uh uh oh my gosh, what's his name? The Baradiot. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because the. Okay, I, I, <laughs> so hear, hear me out. Hear, hear, hear me out. I'm speaking on behalf of like my my friends in the Joy Boys Discord channel, um, locals at EK here. Um, that's my plug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, they they one of one of the one of the guys said, I think it's going to be Gein because um, specifically Mike. Mike said this. In case Mike listens to this, Mike, you said this. Okay, um, Gein. They said that Gein was um, talking to Sanji, saying, "Hey, I'm going to see you in the Grand Line. I'll see you in the New World." And then they thought that like, oh, um, it, they're probably going to pull the same trick that they did where they stole like a Navy ship and then started firing on other Navy ships um, and then sure, use that sure. as like the way to get in there. But then I was like, in my head, I'm like, well, Gene's going to need such a glow up. Like, you know, it's not I'm going to be I'll see Gene. I'm like, huh, that's cool. But like, I'm not I wouldn't be as hype as I am for Doria Brogy. Yeah, yeah like. First off, I, like my understanding is that it's a running meme that anytime there's a mysterious character that could show up, Gein is the people <laughs> is on the list because he's like 
by far the most forgotten character. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like convinced Gene is like dead, dead. Because <laughs> like, he like he's like poison, right? Like, yeah. yeah, he's like poisoned at the end. He's like, I'm gonna see you in the Grand Line, yeah. and then he dies. And then he dies. He crumples <laughs> over and like dies. Yeah. I think like. I mean, hey, the distance between Gein's uh, the last time the Straw Hat saw him versus the last time the Straw Hat saw Dorian Brogy is like 20 chapters. Like mm-hmm. Egghead Island is a longer arc as short as it's been so far than the time between us seeing those two characters last. Yeah. So like, hey, it, <laughs> it's not as that crazy. Yeah, it's not no, that crazy. Dorian Brogy on, you know, El Bath, like. My, three my favorite ago, Krieg but. moment, like my favorite Krieg fate has got to be the live action. So I, in my head, that's what happened. So we're fine. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would also I would also say another thing that puts the like the nail in the coffin, like the live action to me, like. Is like the definitive these the, characters will never matter again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. For characters, like, right? the like, intent like of them. Yeah. The only one, the only one, and the creators literally said it. The the, the is um is not um octopus guy. Not Hachi. 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 Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. He's, okay. He's, he's the one character yeah. that was excluded from the live action that isn't excluded due to the fact that if they do get to the point where he's relevant again, um, like that's an easy ride. They, they would remove him. It's it, it was literally just, they ran out of money. They were like, Oh, okay. The, the, the fight to choreograph, they, they choreographed the fight. They had it set up and they're like oh. to make an eight armed person work is taking so many resources from what we're doing here. And so mm. much time that if we, we could do these other three things that we want to do, or we can do this one thing choose. And they chose the three other things. Ah, that makes um, sense, yeah. We don't know what those three other things are, but like you, they, they put the budget in other places. Um, Gotta be and that Mr. Nine literally, literally like the, the interviewers, the showrunner was like, the one thing I regret is not getting Hachi in here and not figuring out a way. Cause he's the one character, but like Gan literally has a half line scene. Right. Like he like runs into the kitchen and they're like, here's some food. And he's like, thanks, buddy. And then you yeah. never see him. You never again. see him again. <laughs> um Don Cree's the same way. Like, I don't think Mary is ever gonna be relevant again. The the butler. Yeah, no, yeah. Because he dies and he dies live, live action. That's a sign that these not gonna matter again. Rest in peace, Mary. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely wasn't gonna be the Don Creek Pirates over there with Dorian Brooke. Yeah, so so yeah, I mean, like obviously hindsight, and like I, I don't get the shot call it. Like if this was a running weekly podcast, I could have shot yeah, call yeah. it last week. But I definitely, I, my my like main guess was Saul was mm-hmm. was um which is one of the giants, and then that led me to being like, if it is someone from Elbath, it's some version of giants. That seems like the most likely thing, especially with like they fit the themes of the story better. They're a buildup mm-hmm. of Kuma because Kuma is part giant. Yep. They're a buildup of what the big oh. giant robot that we also saw turn back on. Now that the yeah. powers are turned back on. So there's a lot of things to me that seem relevant there. And yeah, also even information on like why the world government's relationship with the giants is going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. The giants also showing up on the island. Because this is the Egghead Island incident, right? Like that's it is. It, we already know in hindsight that this is going to be a famous big moment, and obviously Doctor Vegapunk dying, which we saw him get stabbed mm-hmm. in this chapter, is a is a part of that. Yeah, but I don't. I think like in a skirmish, Doctor Vegapunk was killed. Is not like I don't an think that's incident. how it that's yeah. news. 
two giants rolling up and declaring war on the world government, which killed one of the Gorosei as the Gorosei killed uh, as Straw Hat Luffy killed, you know, like I think like this becomes a declaration of war Mm -hmm. between Elbath and the world government versus like just Dr. Vegapunk dies because of Gorosei kills him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually don't think uh, I don't think Vegapunk's dead yet because I was I was looking at it and then I'm like okay okay where did he get stabbed he got stabbed on the right side I'm like okay my heart's on the left all right yeah he's he's probably okay but like he'll, I, he'll say I, one dying thing and then he'll die right like <laughs> I don't think Vegapunk Stella mm-hmm. is making it off this island alive mm-hmm. I don't think he's making it through the next five chapters fully okay. alive yeah, yeah I do think Wrath or Lilith mm-hmm. could make it off yeah i I, like my my prediction if i'm if i'm a betting man Mm. one of those two survives i don't know which one i don't think both of them do it's gotta be lilith i know it's lilith because of the waifu bait but like (laughs) maybe but like she's the evil one (laughs) yeah but i do think which would make sense that she lives like she's she's not gonna be be evil you (laughs) know The other one's like a child giant. Like I think mm-hmm. there's there's opportunity, and, and I think it could be both of them, right? They they mm-hmm. could be the two that just straight up survive. Yeah. I also think uh, the traitor one survives. Oh yeah, yeah I Gorosei. think like yeah. one one of the ramifications of the end of this arc is that the world government does gain full access to the mother flame, mm-hmm. right? Like the giants might destroy all the ships. They stop the the, the Buster call. Um, the Buster call. Mm-hmm. Robin gets to get her third Buster call. She's got three punch cars. She gets her fourth punch <laughs> Buster call free. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Poor Robin. Poor Robin. Really, like, which is why I didn't want like, it to be Saul. I didn't want it to be Saul because of that. <laughs> yeah, Saul going through another Buster call is a mm-hmm. lot, but um, but I think I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think like I, I think Vegabug's done for. It's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens to Kuma and Bonnie. Bonnie getting the ability to control all the pacifistas is like a big deal. Oh, that's deal. so pog. It's so pog. I, uh, it, the reason I didn't think that they had like one more Bonnie stab left, but then they did that. I'm like, oh, you got it in. You got it in. You, you yeah, got me I'm again. Still, I'm sad again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've once again made me yeah. uh, bleed my own tears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that like it does in a weird way to me, make me less, make it less likely for Bonnie mm-hmm. to become a straw hat. Like, do you think Bonnie will become a straw hat now? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think Bonnie was ever destined to be a straw hat. I'm going to be real. Um, I, I think she was like going to be like a straw hat fleet adjacent, you know, like I, I imagine my vision of the end of one piece is that we're going to get like a freaking end game, right? We're going to get an end game moment where all the straw hat fleet shows up carrot's gonna be there freaking uh you know all of them are gonna be there um and then bonnie's gonna be there with twenty hundred thousand pacifistas you know so right like i think i think before this i was on board with because because luffy said he wants 10 people like there's always this like conversation like is there one more straw hat Mm because does he have 10 people on his crew or there are 10 people with him on the crew because there's 10 now but will there be an additional and obviously yamato was one that for literally all of onagisha district yeah uh was like a a potential candidate Mm -hmm. um that still might join at some point uh, I'm a big proponent that Vivi is going to rejoin the Straw Hats based on what's going on, and yeah. this has always been the the the, uh, the tenth Straw Hat yeah. as like the diplomat. Um, but one 
thing that the Straw Hats don't have that Roger did have is two kids. Because they have Chopper. They don't have a second kid. And if you add Bonnie, you now have your buggy and you have your uh uh shanks and then yeah yeah that makes proper buggy i guess and <laughs> <laughs> as definitely bonnie is inheriting the will of nika yeah, yeah. more than than chopper is but, is, yeah um that's the one that that's my one that's mm. the one good argument i've heard for bonnie right is like I, I really like that i like that like bonnie shows up as like their cabin boy basically and like um because because so much of one piece is about like carrying on to the next generation i think like that right. character is like in, integral integral to witnessing what's going to happen in this generation and being yeah, like, like i have to do it better or like i have to carry on that will right so. especially because mama mosca has been aged up to an adult bonnie yeah. is now the one real like kid that could be a part of the adventure mm-hmm. so that that is why but her getting an entire army of pacifistas makes her feel like she's just like another mm-hmm. grand fleet member yeah. who's just gonna have a like sick army and w- live with Wrath and Lilith somewhere on Elbath, maybe, or some Producing other island a that bunch they escape of Kumas, to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like Kuma bloops them back to the Revolutionary Army, and mm-hmm. that gives the Revolutionary Army a pacifista army, right? Like there's yeah, there's yeah. ways to piece that together that is that makes sense to me, that makes it feel less likely that she joins the Shaw Hats. Now, that being said, sick as sick moment, loved it, big fan. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, um I'm, yeah. Are, what's up? We got like 15 minutes in. Any other thoughts on the on the chapter? <laughs> on this chapter? Um I, okay, so like I'm I'm one of those people who reads the uh spoiler scans and I'm like a huge like like I I read the um like oh this is what happens to this panel like um and lately they've just been like a little bit not trustworthy just because like they, you know they'll over they'll they'll conflate things like Sanji blocked a shot and then like you kind of look at the um art and you're like uh these I guess Sanji tried to block a shot and yeah. then got fully blasted. <laughs> and the thing is like I'm a Sanji truther so like I, I, I there's all these like arguments online about power scaling and whatever I'm not here for that you know it's about like the journey whatever I don't I'm about the story um but like I don't I, I'm I'm waiting for Sanji to pop off um it'll happen i think um that's an unpopular opinion but it'll happen yeah no i will (laughs) say this was a moment i was hoping sanji would be able like i wish he did block it because i think this was a moment that he could do it i do think barcelino is such a fascinating is has become one of my favorite characters in this arc Mm -hmm. just adjacently and just in the last three chapters because of like the struggle he's facing and he's still on the other side yeah at what point at what call does, I think it's when Vegapunk dies. I think that's what Vegapunk, I think Vegapunk's dead. Like I think, I think, I think like like I think he was willing to kill Bonnie and Kuma. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he like acted slow, knowing that you know Luffy was like out there with the one shot to to yeah. take him back out of the fight. People, but like people were thinking, like they, people were theorizing that like Luffy got all that food because Borsalino gave it to him because there was a shot where yes. yeah the ramen bowl that he was previously eating was left next to him. Um, well, not even not even just that. There, it, it's the scene where Luffy just ends up by the food vending machine. Yeah. There's like a shot on Barcelino who's like looking weird at something and then it shows Luffy has disappeared mm-hmm. and then shows Luffy at the vending machine and then shows him being like, like his eyes just like where where'd he go? Yeah. I don't like it like it was like very weird to flash to him twice. Yeah. And like in some ways, I feel like 
does does the world government have something on him right think, like what because he, he obviously is struggling with mm-hmm. this i think what it is is that like Porcelino's brand like because all the admirals have a brand of justice right like asakazuki's yeah. absolute justice and i think he, his was lazy justice or was that no, that's who's on who's on his lazy does yeah, what, yeah what was his i forgot um, uh it was, I it's think like it was unknown so justice we actually don't justice. we don't know yeah. his he's i mean like they're all based on stereotypes of like worker, mm-hmm. like office, like stereotypical office Japanese workers, right. office workers, right? And he's like meant to be the like I'm just doing what I'm told, cog in the system type yeah. of guy. And I think that's like a little bit of what it is. Yeah, but yeah. But they've big a bunch. Uh, sorry, Oda's done so much to set up conflict for him in this moment, and yeah. every moment we see him, he's dealing with that. So I do wonder. In like there's there's. There's definitely a play of like he's just straight up. He's a psychopath. He's there to murder people. He's a bad guy. There's a second version where he like is like everything he's doing is like slightly slower than a person made out of light maybe would do it. Right. He like has a conversation with Boney and Kuma. Be like, I'm going to kill you at the same time. I hope no one stops me as I go really slowly. Unclear Uh, justice is what his brand is apparently. So you were right. Unclear. Unclear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. So yeah. To make my point previously, I think like what he's doing is his brand of justice where he's like, it's murky for him. He's like, he's not committing to one side, but in his head, he's like, it's justice to not kill these people, but I can't not because I'm so part of the system that I'm a part right, of. Right, so right. Like, I think, I think that's what it is. Um, and I think like if Saturn dies before, um, you know, anything, Kizaru will just have like a moment where he's just like Kizaru is Borsalino, whatever they they have Japanese names and like Italian names. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. So, 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 so. Okay. So, uh, Borsalino is his real name. Oh, Kizaru okay. is his is, code name. Uh, all of the admirals are given all the admirals, and then the admiral, um, uh, vice in admirals. admirals in waiting, yeah. not vice admirals, mm, okay. but they're like the the next in line. Oh, yeah, which yeah, there's yeah. only two of them, and they were like fan creations that then Oda made. <laughs> oh, yes. And so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. debatable if those two exist. But <laughs> all of them have a like given name from the world government. That's one of the twelve or the thirteen Japanese Zod- or uh, Chinese zodiac. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, and we're missing some of them. But so we have um, uh, he's the monkey. He's yellow yeah. monkey, red dog for um. Garp? No, different guy. No, no, no. The main guy. Oh, the, oh Sakazuki. The, Sakazuki. Sakazuki is Red Akaino, Dog. Yeah. Uh, I, blue Pheasant is for for uh, Kuzan. Mm-hmm. Kuzan means Blue Pheasant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Purple Tiger is uh, the blind guy that I'm forgetting right now. Oh, Green Isho, Bull. Isho. Yeah, Isho. Yeah, Green yeah, Bull Green is Bull. Green Bull. A Green uh, Bull. <laughs> you know, I. I uh, I and forgot then, all about this. I think I could just brush up on Jackie Chan Adventures and I'll remember. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. And then, and then two of them, the two is, is uh, I think Pig and Rabbit are the two mm. that like are the fake characters that aren't like Pink Rabbit and Brown Boar or something like that are the two like not real characters. And so people assume that Go- Son Goku is Golden Goat or Golden yes. uh, Ram or maybe White Ram, White Goat, like one or the other. Mm-hmm. And then we it don't know what. Hanging out with a yeah, we, we don't know yeah. what the other ones are. And yeah. and th- there's a lot of like arguments that like Kobe could be the next one. Like when you're talking about the next generation, mm-hmm. if there will be admirals, like the ones that exist, what like animals would they be? Or are one, mm-hmm. you know, is one of them going to be a dragon? Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, yeah. Which we've now gone into admiral naming conventions. Admiral. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but. 
Key's utter being like um, super conflicted about everything is interesting, and I I really he's my favorite admiral. So I hope I hope he makes it off alive. I'll be honest. I hope like I hope he doesn't get oh, called the night. Oh, so <laughs> I think he will. I think both him and Saturn survive. Mm-hmm. I think that the the like world government's powers like the centralization of the power of the world government has been so reduced that they need those power players. Now, the mm-hmm. one argument for the Gorosei not making it out mm-hmm. is that there are that every <laughs> other, well, every other big bad has had four lieutenants yeah. and a fifth one that dies right beforehand. Where So like an example mm-hmm. is like Doflamingo right. has... The, the 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 four spade pirates but then the guy with the meat on his face all the time mm-hmm. dies before mm-hmm. the 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 main arc if you look at it's it's sorry it's three and one if right, you look right. at the um beast pirates kaido had jack queen and king but he also had joker who was yeah. doflamingo and doflamingo was removed before that arc started and so he only had jack queen jack. and king okay and so like you have a like it's a consistent thing where like one of them is removed early, and so mm-hmm. that could be Saturn. Saturn could just Emu's got his, her his five guys, and mm-hmm. one of them gets, gets it, yep, so that yeah, there's now yeah. the standard four, and then you have the four for uh, the you know the the top commanders of the Straw Hats to fight, and then and then Luffy beats one of them, and then beats the main one. <laughs> thing is, I think Saturn has to die. Like he has to. Like we 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 have to see that happen to so just so that we know that like. Yeah, it's something that can happen, or like this is how they, it happens, or like yeah, um, you know, it, it has to be such a world event, like like you said earlier, it has to be like such a huge world event. The giant, that, the giants kill a Gorosei is a is a world mm-hmm. event. <laughs> yes, yeah, and it has it has to happen. So I'm I'm thinking it's gonna happen. I'm just hoping that Kizaru gets out of there alive, or he, you know, he he basically is the um, he's somebody who gets to fight Kuzan, or like you know. Like be part of like this this triad of admirals fighting each other between Akainu, Kuzan, and Borsalino somehow. Um, I, I, that's what I'm thinking about. Like that's that's what I'm thinking is gonna happen. Like there's gonna be like this side battle when the Straw Hat Grand Fleet comes in. Like there's gonna be like this battle over here that's happening, kind of like an Alabasta, where like you know these two warring sides are like hitting each other, right. and then yeah. So I think that they're gonna be part of that side conflict drama. So. I, yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I think I think I think Kuzan gets out and there's a debate on if he gets out as a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah, not Kuzan. Sorry, Kazario. The other thing with Saturn is you kind of need him to die here. You don't need him to die, but it, <laughs> it, it's maybe a beneficial thing for him to die here, because if he doesn't, I feel like it becomes a lot harder to give similar evil character development to the other four Gorose mm-hmm. and Emu if like. He's so set up as the main Gorosei that I hate at the moment that mm. if he's still alive, I can't imagine the other five comparing. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, what I could what they mean. do? Now, there's stuff, right? There's there's a quite a bit of flashbacks to go through on, like, the void period and mm. what happened to... Joy Boy, not to mention what happens to Shanks, not to mention what happened. You know, there's a bunch yeah. of like there's a bunch of stuff that each of them could be a part of. I think I like thought about it and was able to like that could be a future episode on <laughs> like what each Gorosei's 
like flashback character that they could be attached to that they can go through. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Roxy's Zebek is another one, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm so in. I, I, I need to see what happened at God Valley. I don't know. Yeah, like, Dragon, Dragon's another one, right? Like Dragon could involve one of the Gorosei. Shanks could. Roxy Zebek could. The Void Sentry could. Um, there's definitely still characters to kind of go see and, and see like what their backstories are that we haven't, that yep. we, that they could be involved in that are like that are at Kuma's level. But yeah, Kuma definitely is what, what Saturn has done to Kuma is going to be really hard to top for any of the mm-hmm. other ones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like basically, basically the world government at large is like responsible for all like ostensibly uh, uh, the entire suffering of the world and like the entire like amnesia of the world. So that's yeah, going to yeah. be like a, a whole thing that like i'm super super excited to hear about like um so really you want to know what happened in the void century and <laughs> want to start a crew and maybe get some poneglyphs and oh, uh man. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just travel across the equator because that's what the grand line is yeah 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 i mean really well, really the grand line is just the americas and it just cuts the atlantic and the, the mm-hmm. pacific in half um no i think yeah i think i think like if you don't kill saturn in this arc he becomes the he is more important than emu yeah and if you don't and kill so saturn emu, in this arc it's hard to like justify um luffy being able to fight anybody else that is a gorosei right it's like you can't you can't scratch them in my head. It's like, you can't scratch them anymore. Well, so well, but I mean, Luffy can get stronger, right? Like Luffy oh, yeah, can yeah. go to the giants and they can train him and, and yeah. feed him. Uh, I'm hoping that's not the case. That doubles I'm his. I'm <laughs> hoping that's not the case. I can't take another three year. Ge- Actually, you know what? That'd be kind of pog. If like we show. I, I do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Another time yeah. skip. I another do think, I do think we're going to go. This is my theory earlier, which mm-hmm. I don't think is happening anymore. Was that Luffy gets kidnapped. Hmm. And like it creates kind of like the final war is like a reverse paramount war where it's uh, it's like the next arc is actually following the straw hats and Vegapunk and Bonnie going to Elbath and then going through like a training arc on Elbath for them mm-hmm. that gets them to the point where they're strong enough with the Grand Fleet and the Revolutionary Army to go save Luffy from the Gorosei and then uh, Luffy like learns all this stuff. That was my my like big brain luffy becomes ace theory for for the first oh, man that, that's such a big head that, that'd be a great parallel for him like being goldie roger even right which is right cool. right right but that's that, what, i don't think i don't think i don't yeah, think that's, that's how i actually think that's actually how i think one piece is gonna end i feel like there's gonna be a goldie roger moment where he like ignites another generation or something oh do, yeah or do he, what he, i don't he, know he takes the l yeah, he's been he's sacrificing a- his life with gear gear two this whole time. Dude, that, uh, that shoe has to drop. That shoe has to drop because like I don't think it is. I, I don't think they're know. just gonna say like he got like, better because it's like it's like the the bull guy. It's mm-hmm. not even a real uh, like a expert on anything. What was his yeah. name? The like oh. CP zero CP nine oh, yeah, 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 yeah. guy um, was like that. To do that, you must be removing some blue life force yeah. or whatever. Like yeah, he doesn't. But, what does blue no know? Yeah. But but then the other thing is that Ivankov like did like this whole entire like you know surgery to remove all the poison from Luffy that he's like it's gonna cut your life in half and he's like okay because I'm dying right now so. yeah yeah I do I do think that one has a higher chance mm-hmm. of dropping but um okay all right so I'm gonna I'm gonna run an hour and a half uh yep. so first <laughs> off 
Thank you all for listening. If you like this, please hit the like and subscribe button. Please tell us in the comments because we need to. I need I need positive reinforcement that you want more uh, <laughs> One Piece content. Uh, we're also uh, if you have a good idea for a name for this now untitled podcast, uh, we are uh, we are open to to things. And if you have anyone you want as a guest to to join as a guest of the podcast, we we can talk to. Uh, let us know in the comments as well. Uh, I am your host, Alex. Where you can find me at Kess Wiley on every social media platform out there. Uh, Luke, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at, I guess my Instagram is probably the best. Um, a foam Smith on the, uh, on Instagram. I am, that is spelled a F O A M S M I T H like a blacksmith, but with foam, that's probably the best way you can find me. I'm also on Twitter. Don't follow my Twitter. <laughs> uh, and we'll be, and the, we should have links below, uh, as well. And big shout out to editor for editing this podcast. That's now a whole new game that you have to figure out. And hopefully you read the scans so you don't get spoiled. Oh yeah. That'd be great. Thanks everyone. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, simulating podcasts into the future.